Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the uh, Rob Carson Show, and I guess we had a pretty uh, spicy day as far as airline travel this morning. I'm not uh, traveling by airline, but this on the heels of uh, the big, uh, what, uh, what was that thing called? It was a cold storm, whatever. I was in the middle of it, uh, you know, the freezing temperatures all the way down into Texas, and uh, Southwest Airlines uh, bore the brunt of delays. But commercial airline flights in the U.S. grounded Wednesday morning due to a mass system failure. The Federal Aviation Administration said it experienced a computer outage and was working to fix the problem. Apparently, Pete Buttigieg uh, plugged the uh, hairdryer into the same outlet as the toaster. That's uh, that's the rumor that I've heard right now. We, we, we're still working on the story. We're still working on it. Our best people are working on it. Actually, it's just me. But anyway, President Joe Biden uh, actually uh, uh, responded to the news of the catastrophic Federal Aviation Administration computer outage by ordering the department to turn the systems back on. You know, and this is why he's the president. I mean, duh, you, just, you turn the thing back on. I, I'm the president. I demand it. I demand that, it, that the, you turn it on. I'm sorry, what were you talking about? And do we have pudding tonight for dinner? That's it. Yeah. Uh, the president directed the DOT FAA to restore the system quickly and safely. We wouldn't have thought of that otherwise. I mean, I mean, without Joe Biden as the president, who the hell would have thought about that? You just would have sit there and went, you know, that kind of thing. Just Well, that's what Pete Buttigieg would have done because, you know, he's probably on vacation. Uh, anyway, so the system outage caused thousands of flights uh, delayed across the country and uh, all flights to de- uh, uh, FAA ordered all flights to delay departures until after nine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, there you go. Who the heck knows, to be quite honest? Who the heck knows? It could be a hack. It could be Russian disinformation. <laughs> who, really, who really knows? Hi. How are you today? Here's the phone number if you'd like to be a part of the show. It's 800-922-6680. We've got a lot of good stuff on the show today. A couple friends of the show are going to be joining us. Doug Collins, former congressman from Louisiana, ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee. Now he hosts a podcast, among other things. Going to be joining us today. And then James Rosen. This guy's a legend. He's a real reporter. He's working for Newsmax now. He's going to join us as well. How about that? I, I'm sure he has a little bit to say about the the uh, Joe Biden, what was it, the uh, Penn Biden Center. <laughs> the Penn Biden Center. I got to tell you, I mean, he used to, used to you know, you, you, you serve in Congress or whatever, you get your name on a building, you know. You serve as a president, they, uh, you know, put, put down a lot of money. 
build you a presidential library that nobody really goes to. You know, libraries, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, but now, now you, you get these big old endowments. You create these gigantic endowments. And uh, I'm going to get to all of that in a second because Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton really uh, set the table for this. And, and uh, when you hear how much uh, money went to the Penn Biden Center after Joe Biden said he was going to run for president, <laughs> it's like, oh, man. I mean, you know. Uh, bought and paid for. I mean, just completely bought and paid for. And, and, and you know why I know that? Because I'm not stupid, really. It, it's just they, uh, you know, there's a word that starts with W-H and ends in O-R-E that I would uh, use to describe uh, the Biden family uh, and other politically corrupt families that uh, sell influence to our uh, to our enemies like Russia and China. But before I do that, former President Donald Trump, who has been left in the rearview mirror of history, is no longer the history of the Republican here. He is no longer the uh, the future of the Republican Party. I know this because Meghan McCain said it, and Joe Scarborough said it, and every other rhino in the world said it. But it's not what you're saying. It's kind of weird. It's really weird that way. Um, this is Morning Consult. They did a, a poll, a 2024 GOP primary tracker survey, January 6th through the 8th. 46% of potential Republican primary voters support Trump and his bid for the president. Ron DeSantis sits back 13 points, 33%. What? 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 I thought that he was in. Here comes DeSantis clause. I thought this is. And I got nothing against Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is one of the only people in the country who could step in and be the president of the United States. But, you see, there's this other guy named Donald Trump who did it for four years, did a great job, and kind of got screwed out of the second four years. But I can't say that because it's disinformation. Anyway, a lot of people think that Donald Trump's work isn't done because he did a really good job. Oh, and and you know what happened last week in Congress with uh, Kevin McCarthy having to do what we ask and not just get rubber stamped for House Speaker? Uh, You can can, uh, thank Donald Trump for that. Yeah, 100%. And then the midterms, 219 victories to like 19 defeats for Donald Trump. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, not so much. So Ron DeSantis is in second place at 33%, 9% for uh, uh, Mike Pence, who's never going to be the president. Uh, 3% said they, <laughs> who are these people? This must be in states where weed is legal. 3% say they would vote for uh, Liz Cheney. While uh, former ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley and uh, and Ted Cruz each have two percent of the vote, I, you know I'm not sure either one of those have a chance either. To be quite honest, in the immediate future, Governor Greg Abbott, um, uh, let me see, uh, uh, Tim Scott, and uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo all sit at one percent apiece. So uh, there you go. That's uh, Donald Trump apparently does not appear to be wanting to go quietly into the night, and it also appears that. Uh, Neither are his voters. Yeah. Yeah, they're just hoping it'll go away. It's kind of like that uh, the election theft in Arizona. They're just hoping it'll go away. Katie Hobbs has uh, put together this little uh, ham-handed, I guess, uh, election task force or whatever where she's not going to do anything and then claim that there's no election fraud. Uh, BS. All right. Oh, here's some good news. Just real good news for all of you guys in the military who were uh, canned or threatened to be canned for not taking the vaccine. The Biden Pentagon released a memo from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, 
uh, that formally rescinded its COVID-19 military vaccine mandate after Republicans forced the administrations to back down uh, via defense legislation last month. There you go. The memo rescinds the vaccine mandate for both active duty National Guard and Reserve forces. Austin ordered in October 24, 2021, all forces be uh, fully vaccinated or face discharge. Uh, at least 8,400 troops were discharged with several tens of thousands who had applied for accommodation requests. All of them denied, including the religious. All of them. So there you go, Lloyd Austin. There's another guy. Add to the impeach list. I- impeach, remove, repeat. Impeach, remove, repeat. Pentagon Inspector General indicated in a memo to Austin that blanket denials of religious accommodation requests potentially ran a few afoul of the law. But when did the law have anything to do with the nonsense associated with COVID? And I'm willing to say right now, all of it, 99% of all the things that you and I went through with regard to COVID were bullcrap. School closings, mask wearing, COVID mandates, COVID, uh, you know, uh, uh, passports, business closings, uh, uh, no sporting events, no concerts, no backyard barbecues, etc. It was all bull crap. And I could say that now without being uh, kicked off of Twitter, but I did get kicked off yesterday for just saying that COVID was a scam on Facebook. <laughs> I didn't even detail anything. I just called it a scam. They kicked me off. It's so glorious. They're still at it. They're just still at it. Uh, the, the, uh, still, the Pentagon uh, refused to reconsider rescinding until Republicans in the House uh, and Senate uh, had it uh, rescinded. So there you go. Now what we need to do is make sure that uh, all of those who were uh, denied or who were removed from service are reinstated uh, with back pay. So there you go. And then also, you know, there's a big uh, nurse strike in New York because you know why? Because they don't have enough people working there. They don't have enough nurses. So nurses are having to do twice the work. And uh, do you suppose maybe some of that might have been the fact that they fired so many people in the city of New York for not getting their vaccine? There you go. There you go. So this is uh, this is pretty uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff. Did you realize that at least fifty four million dollars has been donated by Chinese communist linked uh, individuals or entities between twenty fourteen and twenty nineteen to the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington D.C. Uh, in Washington at the University of Pennsylvania, according to public records. Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, $54 million, and it's not even classes or anything. It's just a, it's a storefront. It's just an office. That's all it is. They're, they don't do anything. They don't teach anything. They just gather money. And the University of Pennsylvania apparently is completely down with it. University of Pennsylvania announced it would uh, create the Biden Center in 2017, the same year then-Vice President Joe Biden left the White House. Now, by the way, do you know the last thing that he did on his last day? This is according to Tucker Carlson. Last thing that Joe Biden did, the last thing in his, his professional responsibilities as Vice President of the United States, what was it? Do you know? He flew to Ukraine. Did 
know, that's what everybody does. You know, that's that whole vice presidential leave office visit Ukraine tradition that we've had. You know, nothing to see here other than the fact that his brother or his son uh, that same year was uh, involved in, uh, oh, let's see, the uh, the gas company, the Ukrainian gas company there. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, also in 2017, I'll be doing about this, but Joe Biden uh, 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 flew uh, apparently to China and uh, got a 1.5... Uh, billion dollar uh, hedge fund deal with the Chinese Energy Corporation. And a few things like that, just a little stuff like that. According to the Washington Free Beacon, uh, some of the funds were given by Shanghai real estate developer Zhu Jingjing, Ping, thing or other. Uh, oh, that's so racist. No, it's not. I just can't pronounce his name. Who uh, reportedly has no immediate connection to the university. In 2011, Zhu faced uh, corruption allegations in China, was never charged. And generally, what they say is when that happens, it means they have a real close relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. It's kind of crazy. The uh, National Legal and Policy Center director, Tom Anderson, said we've asked uh, and pursued the larger network of individuals and institutions who benefited from millions doled out by foreign interests connected to Hunter Biden's work in China and Ukraine. But there you go. Uh, Joe Biden uh, got a whole heck of a lot of money into his uh, Penn Biden Center. They, they upped their donations. China upped its donations 400%. As soon as Joe Biden announced his candidacy for the presidency, China inserted $50 million into the center after Biden's announcement he was running. It's kind of weird because also when Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State and signed off on Uranium One, the New York Times said cash flowed into Clinton Foundation amid the Russian uranium deal. And it's kind of weird because the foundation folded after Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. Other than that, it's all about academia and young people and uh, and teaching the young people because they're our future. Or it's all just a giant money laundering scam. I'm going to kind of lean toward the latter because of, uh, you know, all the evidence and stuff. All right, here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. Kevin McCarthy's first week as Speaker of the House. Got some great audio there. A landmark lawsuit going after those who would call what we say misinformation and disinformation. And we have a seed. Where the word came from, it came from on high. Uh, Actually, just slightly above sea level. Washington, D.C. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. His pronouns are he and man. His adjectives are awesome and excellent. And his interjections are hell and yeah. It's the Rob Carson Show. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice president. I want to see all the research they're doing. Uh, I'll have to Google some of the papers that they produce that are so beneficial to mankind. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center when they discovered the documents. Kind of weird that it happened right before the election and we didn't find out about it until, uh, oh, I guess yesterday. Marked classified in a locked closet. They stopped the work and contacted the White House.
White House lawyers then reached out to the National Archives, which is responsible for the records. The archives... But, you know, it, it's kind of crazy because uh, Donald Trump had some classified materials at Mar-a-Lago, and, uh, and the media wanted him really... Uh, they wanted him arrested and executed if, uh, for espionage. The Trump people represented that they provided all the classified or national security information and didn't, uh, that's a serious problem. No one is above the law. Except and the you. rule of law in a democracy um, you know, has to be our standard. No person is above the law, not even the president of the United States, not even a former president of the United States. You know, it, it's funny because uh, Joe Biden apparently just took these documents and they were in the Penn Biden Center <laughs> that was paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> and the documents that were packed up from the White House when uh, Donald Trump left were in, uh, in a box uh, under lock and key. The DOJ had gone and visited and said, oh, nothing really to see here. Here's a, just go ahead and keep them locked up. We'll, you're cool. No big deal. And then uh, a couple months later, the 80, uh, I, uh, 80 uh, what, um, uh, the FBI agents raided Mar-a-Lago. First time in history everything's been done like this to a, an ex-president. It was a, it was a, it was a uh, uh, blanket search warrant to find anything. It was very common in what you see in banana republics everywhere, but uh, apparently not necessary with uh, with Joe Biden uh, and his uh, his global what uh, China uh, the Penn Biden Center is what <laughs> Penn Biden Center uh, operates out of the University of uh, Pennsylvania. Chinese uh, donated four hundred percent more as soon as Joe Biden said he was going to run for president. <laughs> oh man, this is fantastic. Uh, the uh, charges that in 2017, out of a total of $7.7 million in donations from China, 500000 came from anonymous donors. After Biden launched his campaign in 18, the total jumped to $27 million, with anonymous donors giving $15 million. And in 2019, Chinese donors gave $27 million, $6 million anonymously, after he uh, mentioned that he would have lots to sell. I mean, he became the, uh, the vice president, or at least he was going to run for president is what it is. And at the same time, I see I got a good memory uh, for a lot of things. Not very good with names, but uh, man, I remember some stuff when it involves government malfeasance. Uh, did you realize that the Clinton Foundation, um, their their uh, their uh, donations plunged when Hillary Clinton lost her election bid? They dropped from two hundred sixteen million dollars in twenty sixteen to just twenty six million in twenty seventeen. Eighty eight percent drop. Throughout Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State, the foundation pulled in $254 million a year. <laughs> this is so, it's just laughable how corrupt these people are. I mean, my God in heaven. Uh, the Russians gradually assumed control of Uranium One. Three separate transactions from 29 to 2013. A flow of cash made its way to the Clinton Foundation. It's kind of weird. Uranium One's chairman used his family foundation to make four donations totaling $2.35 million, among other things. Uh, whether the donations played any role in the approval of the Uranium One deal is unknown, but the episode underscores the special ethical challenges presented by the Clinton Foundation, headed by the former president, president who relied heavily on foreign cash to accumulate $250 million in assets, even as his wife helped steer American foreign policy as Secretary of State. This is according to the New York Times. Wow. And now we know that Joe Biden got, uh, what, 400% increase uh, after he decided he was going to run for president. 
Yeah. The uh, National Legal and Policy Center stated in its 12-page complaint that Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop reveals the 2017 text linking CEFC China Energy with the Penn Biden Center. CEFC apparently tried to lobby American politicians without registering as a foreign lobbyist. At the same time, Hunter had been trying to work a deal with the CEFC in which Joe could receive a 10% equity stake in the deal, according to a whistleblower, Tony Bobolinsky, who was Hunter's business partner. And he was. He was. He really was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik, the third highest-ranking Republican House member, says that uh, Biden's uh, classified stash at Penn Biden Center raises national security questions. The fact that the former president inappropriately maintained and kept classified materials at his unsecured think tank raises serious questions about national security, particularly when the documents were related to Ukraine when uh, President Biden's uh, family members were on the Ukrainian payroll at the uh, gas company Burisma. That was under investigation by a prosecutor that Joe Biden said, fire him and you don't get a billion dollars in loan guarantees. Other than that, they do great work. Uh, The double standard exposed. I'll share that coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. Now, millions are turning to Eric Bowling, The Balance, to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We have a very special guest on the Newsmax Hotline. I watch his show every night because I love his take. On uh, world events, he is uh, a preeminent political commentator, also now author of Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. He is Mr. Greg Kelly of Newsmax, and he joins us on the hotline. How are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm terrific, Rob, and uh, thank you for your support. I uh, know you watch, and uh, quite frankly, I'm proud of that program. You know, we, uh, we're doing some interesting things, and um, I just appreciate your support, and uh Thank you. Great to be here. Hey, Greg, I want to ask you before we get into your uh, your book, uh, have you ever seen anything like the last couple of years with the uh, government, the mainstream media, and big social media telling you your opinion is misinformation or disinformation and then banning it? Have you ever seen anything like this in your life, sir? You know, when I was in second grade, I went to the movies and I saw a film called Logan's Run. Yeah. And uh, sci-fi picture. And I think it was yes. something along those lines. No, not in my not not in my lifetime. And uh, although I guess we have seen it in our lifetimes in other countries, in other countries, this is so non-American, un-American, weird, and we are so clearly on the right side, Rob. Uh, I feel free and vindicated. Um, but I'm not sure if that's going to last forever. I yeah. have some concern. 
I, you know, I, I was chatting with Dinesh D'Souza not too long ago, very critical of Barack Obama. What did they do to him? They turned his life upside down with uh, audits and, uh, oh, you, you overpaid a political candidate by 200 bucks. They try to throw him in jail. So, um, no, no. Other countries, yes. Sci-fi, yes, but uh, not in my lifetime. Here in America, no. You know, uh, a friend of mine named Chris Plant is a syndicated talk show host, and he says that the uh, the only standards that Democrats have are double. Uh, and when you, look, when you look at the classified documents of the Penn-Biden Center, by the way, which doesn't do anything but raise money from China, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the classified documents at uh, the Penn-Biden Center being perfectly fine, but uh, documents that had actually been inspected by the DOJ at Mar-a-Lago under lock and key with the Secret Service? Uh, suddenly that became uh, raidable, uh, 80 agents raiding the uh, the former president's home. Uh, what are your thoughts about that double standard and what they found at the Penn-Biden Center? Well, I always thought that Donald Trump was completely uh, in the clear and uh, was exonerated before he was even implicated. You know, on Inauguration Day uh, 2021, uh, Donald Trump returns to Mar-a-Lago as president. I think this is important. He arrives at Mar-a-Lago at about 11.20 in the morning. He's still president of the United States. He was not at the inauguration, as you know. Joe Biden becomes president at 11.45. Up until the very last second of his presidency, Donald Trump had every right, um, every authority to access anything he wanted in the federal government. That's an important distinction. So he arrives there. And I think the case can be made with these documents. And, of course, he has the authority to uh, uh, declassify anything. And Cash Patel has told us he did that. Uh, Joe Biden has no such authority as vice president or a former vice president. And here's something else. You know, we said that Trump went right to Mar-a-Lago from the White House. Uh, there is about a year that went by uh, where you know, Joe Biden is not vice president. Uh, he's not the uh, honorary professor at the Penn-Biden Institute. It's not set up uh, fully until early 2018. So where were these documents for that year, for that yeah. one year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of, I think this is a big problem, big problem for Joe. I know the media is trying to minimize it. Some do smell a little blood in the water. I think that this is uh, potentially a shot across the bow. You know, there are plenty of Democrats who don't think Joe should run. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what I was thinking yesterday. Uh, it was a way to uh, to get Joe Biden to bow out gracefully. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting. Because, Greg, i got to tell you, there's no way the man's going to run for president in 2024. Uh, you know, dementia doesn't get better, and it's nothing against anybody who has it. It just, so there are some things that will not improve. There's no way. So I think, it's, I think it is a convenient way for the Democrat Party to uh, do what they can in the next couple of years to save Joe Biden's leg legacy, to keep him from being labeled worst president in the history of the country, but also to say, hey, Joe, uh, probably not a good time to run for president. Let me talk to you about this. And, and I, Greg, I heard you yesterday, and I know that your book has got to be pretty darn powerful because Sean Hannity invited you on his show, and you technically compete with him on television, but you were on his show yesterday talking about your new book, Justice for All. You obviously have an entire life affiliated with uh, law enforcement. Your dad uh, his, is a former New York uh, PD commissioner, a uh, legendary man. You, uh, you have served in the Marine in the Marines, and, and I appreciate your service. Uh, why, why did this uh, book 
Uh, why did you go with this direction as far as a book is concerned? What drove you to say, I've got to say some things, use my life experience and research to get this story out? Well, primarily my experience here in New York City and seeing what has happened to the police and what has happened to public safety. Uh, they have been unfairly demonized. Uh, they have been unfairly, they're trying to cancel police. And Black Lives Matter, you know, corporate America have signed up for that movement so thoughtlessly, so quickly. And they didn't read the fine print. And actually, it's not, uh, it's not that fine. It's in, it's in pretty bold letters in, uh, in their parts. Uh, they want to abolish police. They want to abolish prisons. They want to abolish capitalism. And I've never seen a rebuttal in support of law enforcement in an organized fashion uh, presented. And I wanted to do that. But I also, and there, this is a, you know, this is a shout out for cops and I, I, law enforcement. I mean, we love them. We support them. It was already a tough job, a uh, dangerous job. Now we've made it a job where they can get prosecuted far too easily, quite frankly. Um, but there is an exception I carve out for the January 6th cops. Uh, Washington, D.C., and the Capitol, they have a big problem with that Capitol Hill Police Department. And those Capitol Hill cops who let in the protesters, who shot an unarmed woman, and now are lecturing America about how to behave. Harry Dunn is one of those cops. And I don't know if you've seen him, but on, let, let me describe his weekend. On Friday, he was uh, getting a gold medal from the president. On Saturday, he was on MSNBC being featured. On Sunday, he was on the George Stephanopoulos show, <laughs> big profile. Yeah. And then he's tweeting up a storm, warning incoming members of Congress that they better do their job or else. Now, this is an armed Capitol Hill police officer. He's not been elected. He has a job exerting that kind of authority, that kind of <laughs> – I mean, that to me, this is the beginning of fascism. Yeah. And maybe it took somebody like – and I don't think, actually, it should take somebody like me. One of my messages in the book, actually, is we support people in uniform, but you should never be intimidated by somebody in uniform. Cops are great, and we support them, and they deserve our respect. But they are public servants, servants. Citizens are in charge in this country. And it seems like <laughs> they're trying to design it that – we serve the government, and I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to stand for that. Yeah. Greg, your, uh, your, your dad, obviously a uh, uh, legendary New York uh, PD commissioner. When you were growing up, uh, what kind of influence did you get from him? Um, and, and, and what was it like when, you, when your dad came home from work? And what did you think about your dad uh, as a kid, uh, as, as a police officer? There must have been an enormous amount of pride and, and respect instilled in you, clearly, with regard, to, uh, with regard to policing. But tell me just real quick about, about your dad and, and growing up and why this is so important to you. Well, you know, actually, I, what, what comes to mind immediately and, of course, such respect for my father. I knew I had a special dad pretty early on. But when I was about five years old, I only had a vague idea of what he did. And uh, around the house, we said he caught bad guys. And uh, that's what that was his job. But it, he didn't go to work like other men um, that I saw on, on, on police shows. He didn't wear a uniform. So I was confused about what he did. Then one day, we all go to the department store to return a 
uh, a present, a gift, my brother's birthday gift. It didn't work. I remember it so vividly. We go to Times Square stores. My mother goes in with this toy aircraft carrier to return it. My brother and I are playing around in the car. And all of a sudden, my father hits the gas. We go from zero to 100, it seemed, in a half a second. I have never felt a car move like that. We're bouncing over uh, traffic islands, and we said, what, what happened? What, what happened? And he what said, happened? somebody did something bad. And there it was. That's what he does. He's at work. Oh, when we're here. And somebody had stolen a purse, and we were along for the ride. And uh, this is the first time I ever saw him uh, pull his gun out. <laughs> and he pointed it at somebody. And um, it's all in the book. And I remember what the man said wow. to my father. He said, go ahead and shoot me. I have nothing to live for. And it was quite a... Wow. I, I, I had a lot of sympathy for the criminal who got away, by the way. However, my dad got the pocketbook back. And what really impressed me, bottom line on this, is by the time we got home from that trip to the department store, my dad was finished talking about the story. It was on to, do we need milk? <laughs> What's on TV tonight? Because this, this was his day job. This was not a big deal for him. This was one of the... You know, highlights of my life. I still talk about it. I still think it's amazing. And this is one of, uh, you know, 40,000 uh, such adventures he's had. Greg, I uh, have been to the Newsmax studios a couple of times now, and there's a little pre police precinct right around the corner. And I always, when I see uh, when I'm in New York and I, and I stop by, I always thank the police officers who are there. And every time I'm in New York, I don't care if they're directing traffic or whatever, I say thank you to the police. And I'm going to tell you, I, they are genuinely, they are genuinely receptive, and they love to hear that. Uh, why why do people continue to serve, particularly in, uh, in New York City, Greg? Because the money isn't worth it very much. And and uh, and you know the prestige is is shot to hell because of the treatment of the police by the Democrat Party, Black Lives Matter, and others. Why do people still sign up for this? I mean, I thank God that they do, but why do they, Greg? Well, fewer and fewer are well, signing up for it, uh, understandably so. And a lot are leaving the police department. Almost four thousand cops resigned uh, this year so far. That is a staggering number. Um, it's something we haven't seen this kind of attrition uh, since the 1970s, and those were forced layoffs. Uh, the job has become um, uh, look. Let me put it to you this way: I knew a lot of guys in the Marine Corps, myself included. Quite frankly, we were willing to sacrifice our life for our country. All right, that's part of the thing you got to do. And and a lot of these cops are willing to sacrifice their life to save someone and that kind of thing. However. Very few people, if anybody, are willing to sacrifice their career. Does that make sense? It's kind of an interesting because yeah, now, yeah. now we have police officers just for doing their job. They stand a very good chance of being arrested. I'm talking about if you're wrestling with a suspect and you grab him the wrong way by the chest, you could be arrested. This is insane stuff. We have made their job insanely difficult. And understandably, they're leaving, and understandably, they're kind of conflicted uh, in executing their job, and ultimately, uh, public safety is plummeting. Safety is plummeting. Yeah. 
Greg, I uh, I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. It has been uh, a while coming. I know you're very busy, but I thank you for taking the time. That story about your dad is worth every penny uh, as far as this book is concerned. But I can't imagine the uh, the stories that you have to share and the and the thoughts you have to say. I want to thank you for defending law enforcement. I think we're at a precipitous moment and a turning point where people are kind of done with the nonsense. Uh, I hope that uh, that uh, I am proven uh, right. But uh, I greatly appreciate you joining me, Greg. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. Also, make sure to watch Greg Kelly's show every night on Newsmax. Uh, I, I love, Greg, that you just you don't have a filter. Uh, and, and you are one of the few who are unbending in your uh, principles, and you don't fold, and you don't back off, and you don't capitulate. And I just appreciate that, man. I know it's not easy, but thanks for being on the show today, buddy. We're up. Right back at you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. And uh, to be continued, sir, all the best. All right, very good. All right, so there you go. Justice for all. How the left is wrong about law enforcement from the great Greg Kelly. This is The Rob Carson Show. To be a part of The Rob Carson Show, call 1-800-922-6680. That's 1-800-922-6680. I want to thank uh, Greg Kelly for joining me on the show today. Greg Kelly has a show every night. The Greg Kelly Show on Newsmax Television. Barbara in Baltimore. Love, sir, some Greg Kelly. Hello, Barbara. How you doing today? Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, I like to call you when I feel it. You know, like I feel it. Greg <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> you know, um, i just like to thank him uh, for his dad uh, and, and the service of, the, of uh, the police officers and what they do. My dad drove a bus, and the thing about it in New York, that they were all municipal workers. So you had softball teams, uh, they had the, the, the ball, uh, the fireman's ball, the bus driver's ball, the policeman's ball, and they were all transit authority and, and, and New York City employees. So that's how the melting pot that I grew up in is it's, uh, unlike anything that a lot of people would grow up in because we all interacted in a social way. So it kind of brings back to me, the memory of my dad and uh, the, the, the softball games and uh, remembering uh, my stepmom making the gown for the fireman's ball wow. uh, and all of that. Hey, I, you know... We, we've, uh, Barbara, and, and you know, and you know what? Uh, we are right now being kind of ruled by children who have uh, come along and uh, they've never experienced a, a, a war. They've never experienced a civil rights struggle and all that. Uh, and because they read about an incidence of racism, they suddenly think racism is worse than ever because uh, George Floyd, who is high on a number of things, and I'm not justifying what happened to George Floyd, but because of that incident, suddenly uh, the police need to be completely revamped and, uh, and destroyed. Uh, honestly, just so tired of this nonsense, to be quite honest. Uh, people who don't have any life experience uh, suddenly deciding that uh, they know better for the rest of us uh, what is going on. And I, and I hope we are at uh, an inflection point uh, in this country. And I'll tell you uh, where I am and where I have been, and that includes a number of locations. There is not a resentment of the police. There is not a, a hatred of the police. There is always a reverence for the police. So this may uh, appear to be the case uh, when you've got radical left organizations trying to defund them, but the, the, the people 
people and, and people like you and people like me, we do appreciate the police. Whether or not it's enough to uh, make people want to come become police, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the case. But certainly, I just think I don't think we can go lower as far as uh, as where uh, we are with regard to uh, police and uh, and to police uh, uh, morale and esteem um, that the, the beating that they've gone through the last couple of years. But hopefully, we're uh, uh, turning things around with regard to that. Unfortunately, in places like Baltimore, not so much. Well, hopefully things are going to change here in Baltimore. Um, I don't expect uh, a whole lot. Of course, we we don't know anything about the incoming administration. I mean, <laughs> the guy's never been in politics, but he's also never really had a business. So I, I can't, um, I, you know, it's a, sort of like a wait and see what happens here. But um, all I know is that uh, we have to have law and order. You got to have law and order. And um, what Greg Kelly talked about and the camaraderie and uh, the childhood that he had was a lot like the childhood I had uh, with my dad. Uh, even though he was he's a bus driver and then he also drove the train, but you know they were TA employees and. Uh, we that's who we we hung out with the kids at, at uh, different events and all kinds of events. We, you know, go into the stadium for the games and stuff. That was something that we grew up with, and that's, that's the melting pot. Yes, exactly. I don't Barbara, understand the racism. That yeah, it's bull crap. It's all bull bull crap. It's all made up of whole cloth. Uh, you and I are part of the generation. We are the great American melting pot. We never cared about race. We watched the Jeffersons. We watched Roots. We watched uh, the Waltons. It was no big deal. Uh, who cares? Let's. Uh, I got to take a break though. Thanks for the call. This is the Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.